The Start On Demand. On demand. Winnipeg Blue Bomber quarterback Chris Strebler joins us today as he is getting ready for the Grey Cup Social at RBC Convention Center. Businesses in the Exchange District are not happy with the city, criticizing some of the recent changes to the neighborhood, so they have signed a petition asking the city to stop doing things without consulting them first. The city is moving ahead with a pilot project on composting. Why is this taking so long? And Clay Young had a hilarious exchange at CF Polo Park during Black Friday. I'm Brett McGarry alongside Greg Mackling, who's in California, and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Friday, November 29th podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Mackling's actually off until Tuesday. He's down in California visiting his buddy Scott Mordland. Going to take in a couple of Jets games. Mm. I'm sure he's going to be sad not to be here. I wonder if he'll call in at 9.35 anyway. I thought about that yesterday. When you send out the note saying um, everyone's favorite party man, Chris Streveler, is joining us at 9.35, I thought, I bet you Greg will tune in and... And call in for some questions of his own. Yeah, he's probably going to, because we, as we pointed out on Wednesday, uh, McNabb, Greg and I interviewed Chris on May 8th, 2018, just days, like he signed with the team on May 4th Mm -hmm. and they put him up for breakfast with the Bombers and we were, neither of us had heard of him and then that's nothing against him. He played for the University of South Dakota Coyotes. Mm -hmm. So we had to do some research on him and we're both watching his highlights and we looked at each other and we thought, how is this guy not in the conversation for backup? Like, they brought him in, and, you know, they, he was expected to be a third stringer. Uh, he would certainly compete for backup, but they were looking at another guy for backup, and Strevler came in, performed well, and then, of course, he had to start, right? Like, Nichols got hurt right away, so he had to start just weeks after showing up here and mm-hmm. having to learn the Canadian game. And, you know, he became a fan favorite over time, but especially in the last couple of months, you know, when he's displayed how much of a warrior he is. And then, of course, at the rally, all the social media stuff after the Grey Cup and then the the parade and the rally, like... Like his his outfit is going to be the it's, most popular Halloween costume. That's what I was next thinking. Year. It's too bad it's not. You know, it didn't come before Halloween because you'd have a whole lot of guys out there with a fur coat on and no shirt and uh, shades, some aviator shades or whatever you call those, and yeah, living their best life. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so we're going to talk to him at nine thirty-five. We are excited about Strevy joining us. And if you want to go to the social tonight, he's going to be there. He's in town until Monday. So we have four tickets to give away for the Grey Cup social tonight at RBC Convention Center. It's on from 7.30 until midnight. At 6.37, we have a $50 gift card for the Bomber store. And uh, the Grey Cup merchandise is in. And we're going to be at the family event tomorrow, Loren McNabb, at RBC Convention Center from 11 until 2. Where the cup is going to be and some other players. And so I've seen also that cup has made the rounds at different events this week. You know, it seems like they probably have guys that are going out, you know, taking it to where they want to go or perhaps within the business community or loyal fans and all the rest. But I seem to see, feels like everybody's had their chance to hoist that cup. I know. Except I, for me. So I wonder if they'll let me touch it tomorrow. Well, and I I put this on our Instagram. I said that McGarry and McNabb are going to be there tomorrow, but don't let us touch the cup because we're clumsy. Yes. And we'll break it. Yes. I definitely would not. I'd be terrified to hoist that thing. So 
But hey. I don't know. Now that you know that it's been broken, I'm not as worried about it. I'd be the guy who manages to drop it and watch it shatter. Yeah. Like to, to have it fall apart, I'm guessing. I don't know if it twists on or how it works. It's like a toothpaste cap. Yeah. But just twists on. <laughs> it, I don't know that. Please, it, nobody quote me on that and or try to pick it up tomorrow. Yeah, I'm not going to try to pick it up tomorrow unless they uh, they make me do it, which why would they do that? So the, we've got lots of bomber <laughs> stuff coming up today. Also today, Black Friday. Yeah. I was just lamenting all the emails that were coming into my inbox this morning. You forget all the businesses you've signed up with over the years. And then Black Friday comes along or Cyber Monday and it reminds you how you're on all these lists. So I'm being offered all sorts of percentage off for online shopping. But today's the day you actually go to the store and Clay Young is heading out to shop or watch shoppers. Really? Yeah. Okay. So we're going to join. He's. I think he's heading out at like 6.30. That's a, That's his plan. I mean, he might be out there right now. So I don't know. He's, he's gathering some deals or, or looking at the deals, talking to shoppers. And so hoping to get him on sometime after 6.30 just to see what he's seen out there. Because I think some of those stores are open, if I'm not wrong. I think Best Buy might open super early today. A couple of the other electronic stores. Because that's where you get your best deals, I think. Unless you want. Well, they, they also have, a, as we were talking about yesterday, a $99,000 television. It's a 98-inch TV, 99000 98 inches. Yeah, 98 inches, $99,999. Like, how many feet is that? Uh, good question. Hang on a second here. Calculator, 98 divided by 12. Eight feet. 8.1 yeah. feet. 8.16666, repeating, of course. Um, why would I want an 8-foot television? I guess if I had a huge basement. Yeah, why not? Why I don't wouldn't know. You'd you have to sit really far back from that. Yeah, you'd probably have to be at least 25 feet back. Yeah. Although I sat in front of a 100-inch projector, and I was only about 7 or 8 feet away, so it wasn't so bad. Hmm. Anyway. That's a $100,000 TV. But yeah, there will be people lined up to get deals at Best Buy and other electronic stores, no doubt. Video game stores, too. I think they started their sales uh, yesterday. I know we have PNP Games. We've had them on our show before. They uh, have some sales going on. So all kinds of deals, I'm sure. I'm not looking forward to leaving today. It's going to be tough to get out of just this area in general. When is it? Okay to play Christmas music. That's what we're talking about in a moment. But before that, we're going to join Clay Young, who is somewhere out in the wilderness of Black Friday. Good morning, Clay. Good morning to you guys. Where are you? Oh, I'm good. (laughs) And uh, I'm going to be checking out some of the malls and the other retailers uh, today uh, because it is Black Friday. And, you know, I talked to the Retail Council of Canada a little while ago, and I asked John Graham, uh, what's bigger now, John, uh, Black Friday or Boxing Day? And he said, well, in Canada, Boxing Day is still number one, but Black Friday is moving up really quickly. First off, I'm at uh, Polo Park Shopping Center, and if you look on the west side of the parking lot at this time in the morning, usually there's a few cars. It's almost packed now. And uh, the mall actually opens for business. All of the malls around town open at 7 a.m. And there's people already waiting outside. I'm just going to wait in. Hey, hello. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Good. What time do you get up? Oh, 6 o'clock in the morning. Or, well, today I got up at about 3.30. 3.30? Yeah, about oh. early in the morning. I do my dishes and okay. get ready to come to the mall. And- All right. So what are you buying today? I'm buying a uh, Hudson's Bay comforter and a uh, scarf for my wife from Hudson's Bay. 
How much do you think you'll save? Oh, about 30%. 30%? Yeah. What's bigger for you, Boxing Day or uh, Black Friday? Neither. Neither? No, the second of, second of January, everything goes cheaper. All the returns come in and everything. All right, Clay, man. <laughs> Europe. Huh? All right, sir. So you're going you're gonna to be posted up outside Polo Park for a while? For a while, yeah. All right. Clay Young joining us live on Black Friday. People have been up since 3.30 getting ready for shopping. So always fun to hear from the Clay man. Now, I, I like how that guy says he's not interested in Black Friday or Boxing Day, but he got up at 3.30 this morning to save 30%. But you're going to hear some Christmas carols at the mall this morning. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because today, I mean, in the United States, of course, Thanksgiving kind of kicks off their holiday season, their Christmas season, and Christmas carols will now be on the minds of many. I mean, they've been playing this kind of music probably in the mall since have, did they did they start in October now? Oh, it feels like it was definitely definitely pre Remembrance Day. The yeah, I think places. at Costco it was July. <laughs> <laughs> so that to me is I I do not like it before Remembrance Day for sure. Oh yes. yeah, yeah. I, I think that's kind of the national line for everybody. You know, in terms of of what's tasteful as far as uh, holiday celebrations. Well, I know concerned. some people love uh, they, as soon as Halloween's done, they switch into Christmas mode. Mm-hmm. I personally can't. Do it in November. I like to wait until December. But like we had this conversation yesterday on this survey that was done by Intandem, uh, at least as it pertained to retailers, and they suggested that uh, I think it was fifty-two percent of people one in okay one in ten Canadians dislike all holiday music, and forty-two <laughs> percent of shoppers uh, are reminded by music whether in stores or on the radio. It kind of helps them, and then seventy-five percent of Canadians like hearing the music when shopping. But we were asking the question, when is it okay? We just had this chat earlier off the cuff, McNabb. Jeff Braun. Yeah, let her buck whenever you want. Yeah? You want to listen in June? There's no skin off my teeth. Go for it. Really? I think there must be there's ways to listen to it all year round if you really wanted to. Uh, yeah, I, think I know are, people that like to do that, too. So yeah, I think there are radio stations that have yeah. a Christmas music format 12 months of the year. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That's too much. I don't, uh, yeah, that is way over the top. Although in saying that, my phone, every time I plug it into the car charger, like the AirPlay, it goes to the first song in my iTunes, and it is Mariah's, Mariah oh, Carey's okay. All I Want for Christmas is You. And so at any point in the year, it's like, I don't want to And the kids will be like, Mom! Like, I'm so sick of that song. Oh. And I love it, but I, but it's true. Like, July, you're like, you know what, Mariah? Yeah. Stuff nah. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah, uh, yeah so the, the, the survey also found that just over half of Canadians say they only want to hear the festive tunes come December 1st. November. Well, that's Sunday, so we're pretty close. Yeah, we're de- yeah we're, it, it, now is the time. Like, uh, I don't know about you guys. I have like a viscerally disgusted reaction to hearing Christmas music. Really? You Early, just don't like it? You're the one of those one in no, ten? No, depending on the time of year. Like if it's July or even when... Oh, yeah. Forte, you played... Uh, um, oh, what what is the Christmas thing that we do? It feels like Christmas. Yeah, it feels, it feels like, Christmas, like Christmas. Yeah, I think you played that in October, and I just I made me want to vomit. I was during the snowstorm, but then December rolls along, and I bring it on, man! I love all the carols. December fifteenth for me. December fifteenth. <laughs> yeah, ten like, days. Ten I've, days. Get in. Get out. Boom. Done. I've got a friend who will only put up a Christmas tree like on the twenty third and takes it down Christmas Day. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, that's that's a lot like, of effort for. I have. We actually bought the Christmas tree. <laughs> Tuesday. I don't want a tree in my house. 
No, I like it. I, I, I don't, I try not to do Christmas carols until December 1st. I really do try. Because I don't so want to become get to sick look of forward them. to you singing Christmas carols oh, at your you dance for the next baby. I'm going to crank weeks. up some Boney M, and I'm, I even got a dance routine I'm going to do. Oh, do it. I no, want to see I'll this. make one up just to bug Jeff. Oh, you'll have to put that on the CJOB Instagram. <laughs> for sure, if, if she's willing to do it. Uh, very quickly, Kelly, do you have a favorite Christmas uh, album or carol, for example? Ah, man. Well, w- one of my all-time favorite Christmas songs is not really a traditional one, but it's Alan Jackson, Let It Be Christmas. He gets up on stage, sings with his family. Oh, yeah? Uh, big high school choir. Absolutely love it. Yep. Oh, that sounds fun. I like yeah. ACDC's Mistress for Christmas. Of course. <laughs> oh, and that, that reminds me, one of our listeners texted us, uh, don't forget about the 12 Twisted Days of Christmas, I think was the name of the album. Uh, Twisted Sister. Oh, there you yeah. go. Uh, don't forget a Twisted Christmas album by Twi- a Twisted Sister. 12 Days yeah. of Christmas. Is the Bob and one. Doug one is good, too. Oh, <laughs> yes, Bob and Doug with uh, the guy from Rush. Getty Lee, yeah. Yeah, that's a great song. <laughs> More changes coming to health care. Full details will be released later this morning on what we're going to see happen largely outside the perimeter. But 680 CJOB's Richard Cloutier was given exclusive access to the big blueprint and has, joins us this morning. Good morning, Richard. Good morning. Thank you for uh, having me on. And I am wearing all black today in, uh, in, in honor of Black Friday. Got your, got your outfit on. I like it. And Richard, you know, when we talk about the next phase, a lot of that is focused on rural Manitoba and potential closures of hospitals outside the perimeter. But we're looking at this differently this morning. Tell us about what we've learned. Well, without doubt, we've focused on the issue of ER closings, and with good reason. We have 19 rural hospital emergency rooms that have suspended service permanently. 16 others have limited hours or uh, what's called a shared care model. But the cornerstone of what's going to be announced today is to support primary care in rural Manitoba. That's made up of doctors who build up teams to treat, to really try to offer prevention services. How many times have we told the story about a rural community losing a doctor or teams of doctors? In Toulon, for example, they once upon a time had four doctors. They're down to one now, Dr. Michael Loudon. He's the only physician left. Now, Toulon, about 60 kilometers north of the city up on Highway 7, he staffed his office differently to double the number of patients he can see to 3,500. We have two permanent nurse practitioners in our practice. I have two registered nurses working in our team. Um, we have a chronic disease nurse who does diabetic counseling, etc. We have a community mental health nurse, um, and that brings to our clinic once a month a psychiatrist who consults to patients. We also have a urologist that's been coming out to Toulon for many years, and he's out there the last Thursday of every month seeing patients in our community as well. And if you need to see a member of that team, and I don't know about you two, but uh, trying to get in to see your doctor... In Toulon's case, you can get that appointment later that same day or the next. Wow. Toulon is one of those hospitals without ER coverage. Now, Loudon, the only doctor, they're discovering more and more of the services can be delivered within the community. So part of today's blueprint, we'll talk about that model, how you change the flow when your rural doctor needs to refer you to a specialist. Right now, it's the wheel of wait, wait, wait. And they're trying to get you in to see that team with routine specialists going around communities like Toulon and other parts of rural Manitoba. They're hoping that that patient journey, when you suspect something, you'll get in to see the, the, uh, the, the diagnostic treatment team a whole lot quicker as a result of this. They're going to switch some services to Brandon and to some other rural hubs as well. Lynette Saragusa is with Shared Health, and she says that shift 
will occur, but there's still a lot more consultations in the months ahead. Now that we have a plan, everybody else can see that plan and align to the plan. And this complex system can actually start having a united way to go forward. So if you live in Toulon or in Thompson or in Bertle or in Steinbach or in Beaujajur, you're going to be able to be a part of this plan now and into the future? Yes, yes. How so? I'll give you an example. One of the um, priority projects that we want to embark upon very quickly in the next uh, very short while is the home and community modernization. So we have a team that is a small team, a very small team, who's working on what are the changes that we need to make to change how we deliver this service. Um, So we're hoping to have a, by the end of the year, by the end of December, um, bring bring a bigger group together to have that consultation, get some feedback, and we want to take that out to the public because our perception as clinical providers is sometimes different than the public perception and we want their input on it. Uh, So that will happen in the new year as well. So that's one example, but as we look at that network model and the capabilities required in every community, um, we, we have to have those conversations. So, Richard, this is really about not panicking if you're in one of those communities that doesn't have ER coverage or might see that coverage change. This is about looking at how I get my care in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. And this plan, and I'll throw some, some quick bullet points at you here, they're expecting that 21,000 days of care will be shifted from Winnipeg to local communities over the next five years. The thing is, is that we spend tens of millions of dollars every year bringing patients in from rural Manitoba, transporting them into Winnipeg. Brandon is going to be a hub. I'll be interested to see whether or not they can make Thompson work because Thompson is one of those those challenges on the human resources side. Everybody believes that Thompson should expand its services for the north. It makes absolute sense, but to get people to work and stay in Thompson is a bit of a challenge but they are expecting 2,500 fewer patient trips to Winnipeg because care can be provided closer to home. And they're also saying, and a real emphasis on this, is going to be um, more virtual care um, through telemedicine and through, uh, through various apps and technology that they're going to provide as well. The whole blueprint will be uh, released today and there'll be further consultations on this. And then ultimately, I think if you can get good care in place in these communities, the ER and the hospital will become a thing of the past. But I think that's not months, but probably years down the road. Richard Cloutier joining us live on 680 CJOB, co-host of the news, which is on from four until seven. Richard, thank you very much, sir. You bet. Happy Black Friday shopping. We'll see you at the mall, Loren. <laughs> no way, man. No you, way. No? You're not even going to venture in there? I don't think so. Okay. All right. McGarry and McNabb mackling back on Tuesday. Clay Young will join us shortly with the latest on Black Friday because he's out there and he's talking to people. He's begging them to buy him stuff. (laughs) We'll see if he succeeds on that. But in the meantime, another collection bin could be coming to a curb near you. So just yesterday, the city's Environment Committee approved a plan that would see a composting pilot project 
roll out sometime next year. If it feels like we talk about this six every six months, it's because we pretty much do. We've been talking about composting in Winnipeg for nearly a decade, discussions going back to 2011 and beyond. Winnipeg is actually the largest municipality in Canada without a green bin program for things like table scraps. But if the plan approved yesterday moves forward, a pilot project will begin next fall in about 4,000 homes. Kelly Couric is with the Green Action Centre and she also runs a composting program for the nonprofit group and joins us now. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning. Uh, Pleased to hear that this is finally moving forward because it sure seems like we've been reluctant to get going on composting in this city. I know for those of us that pay attention, it feels like deja vu all over again. We're talking about it again at the city, but we're really excited to see them moving forward with the pilot project. Why is it so important? It's important because um, if you look at sources of greenhouse gas emissions that we all have, waste, the organic part of our waste, is one of the primary sources. So composting is a really simple way to reduce that carbon emission. It's also a form of recycling. So reducing our waste by recycling our organics um, creates a product that can be used here in in, uh, Winnipeg and in the surrounding area. So it's a really positive, really simple way of reducing our waste and reducing our carbon emissions. So what kind of stuff would I be putting in there? So this is uh, even better than what you can do in your backyard with a curbside um, pilot, we can see all kinds of food scraps going in there. So anything that has meat or dairy, all of your food scraps, your apple cores, your banana peels, it actually adds up to 40% of household waste. When you look at all that organic pr- uh, proportion of our, our waste, it's a, it's about that much. So it's really significant for people that participate in our program or do backyard composting. It's always amazing how little garbage you end up having. You just mentioned your program. You guys have actually been running the service for a few years now, I think about three years in Winnipeg, where people can pay, is it 25 bucks to get composting every single month? Yeah, that's right. So we charge $25 a month. And really, this was partly in response to the fact that it was taking the city so long to go forward with a curbside program. So initially, we were looking at just working with businesses, which we do. We work with about 150 different businesses in Winnipeg, composting for them. But then we expanded to doing residential composting as well, because the city took a step back from it. Um, I honestly thought we might have a dozen people interested, you know, in the Wolseley neighborhood, but actually... We've had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people sign up for our service all over Winnipeg and even outside of Winnipeg contacting us to see if they'll, we would uh, collect compost for them. So there's a lot of interest all over Winnipeg. We have about 400 residential clients currently for a small program like us, but uh, honestly, we're still excited to see the city moving forward because it's really a drop in the bucket compared to what we'll, what we'll see when the whole city starts having uh, curbside composting. As Loren mentioned, Winnipeg is the largest municipality in Canada without a green bin program for table scraps. How have these programs worked elsewhere in Canada? So it's really similar to what we already see with our garbage and recycling. You get a third bin. It's a bit smaller. It's green. Um, and the waste, a waste truck will come by just like it does for your garbage and recycling and collect that organic portion of your, your garbage. So all your table scraps, paper towels can go in there. Um, there's lots of things that are compostable that you may not even realize. So it's a lot of your waste can go in your, in your green bin. Um, And it's typically collected once a week. So it's very simple. It's um, not something that's that's really groundbreaking because you're not putting new garbage in there. It's the same garbage you already have. You're just separating it out into that third stream. 
And uh, yeah, it works really well, not only all over Canada, but internationally, this is a really, really common practice. So you said, did you say paper towels can go in there? Yeah, your napkins, your paper towels, anything. Uh, so for example, if you had a, a, a pizza box that was very greasy and stained, not something that you want to put in your recycling bin, you could actually put that in your green bin as well. What about uh, what about Kleenex? Like if when I when I get a cold, I will blow through two boxes of Kleenex without I know, breaking a it's sweat. That, it's that time of year for all of us, and absolutely, your Kleenexes can go in there as well. Oh wow! So people are obviously, given the fact that you have four hundred people who've signed up for your program through the Green Action Center, people are obviously into it. So what do you think's been behind this years long delay at City Hall? Is it about the cost of a program because it can be expensive to run? Well, that is true. It is an additional expense, and um, but what we what we've been encouraging the city to do is also at the same time look at how can we reduce our current expenses. So, if we're taking that forty percent of your garbage out of your garbage bin, your organic waste, and and we're recycling it now, can we look at ways of reducing our costs related to? garbage collection. So in other municipalities, they have less frequent collection of garbage, or they look at different kind of pay-as-you-throw programs to to be able to cover those expenses. So it's a real opportunity to look at how we're managing our waste overall, look at how we can reduce costs and manage it more more responsibly. All right, great stuff. Kelly Kirk with the Green Action Centre. Thanks for this explainer. We appreciate it. Thanks so much. Have a great morning. You too, Kelly. Thank you. And I understand now that Clay Young is set to join us once more. Where are you, Clay? I am in, uh, well, not far from uh, Center Court at uh, Polo Park. All the malls around town and all the retailers, uh, the business is really picking up as uh, Black Friday starts to really uh, kick into high gear. You know, I've been talking to the shoppers. Now I'm going to talk to a retailer. Can I get your name, sir? It's Bernie. Bernie. How were you here last year? I was. How busy was it? It was very busy. What are you expecting today? Wall-to-wall people, if they can get into the parking lot. Last year, the parking lot was jammed. It was very jammed, yes. People drove around in circles and left. <laughs> they drove around in circles and left. got out, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think? You're a retailer. What do you think is bigger? Um, you know, where are you going to make the most money? Is it is it Black Friday or Boxing Day? I think Boxing Day because everybody has a day off. Black Friday, people will have to skip work to come and shop. Yeah, I've been talking to some people, and they admitted they are supposed to be working today, but they've mysteriously come up with the flu. Yeah, that's it, the flu. All right, reporting live, Clay Young, Global News. We were talking about showrooming yesterday, and this is the idea that you go into a store, you look around, and then you find an item you like, but you don't buy it there. Instead, you go online and you buy it because it's cheaper. Well, our listener has alerted us to a trend called reverse showrooming, and many of them do that, where they will go online, do some research, and then they'll go to a store and buy it in a brick-and-mortar location. And one such brick-and-mortar location is Lux Furniture and Lux Barbecue, and we are joined live from the man behind this wonderful business. His name is Phil Squarey, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Phil, good morning to you, sir. Hey, good morning. How are you? Doing well, doing well. First of all, Black Friday. Are you guys open already? Uh, we're not open already. We're, our, our store hours are regular hours on days like this. Do you have any deals? 
Of course. Yeah. You know, at this time of year, we're always uh, looking to get rid of discontinued stock and overstock. And uh, so, yeah, we're always uh, we're always open for these kind of events as well. So I had never really heard of this showrooming until the conversation was started yesterday. And then even the idea that people do the opposite. But it's not because I don't do it. It's because I didn't even know it was a phrase. But I suppose in the real retail industry, you're always watching for trends and people, whether they choose to come into the store and then go online or go online and then actually buy the product in the store. What do you see on this front? Well, you know, the, the unfortunate part is we don't always see the uh, the reverse showrooming where people, uh, or sorry, the showrooming where people come in and uh, look and then leave and buy. But you know, in our stores now, especially at the barbecue stores, on products that people can easily access online, which is great. It, you know, it, what it's done, just on a side note, is it's helped retailers uh, be accountable to the public. And and we we have staff now that are we have customers now that come into our store, and the first thing they're doing is they're standing in front of that barbecue, that accessory, that sauce or rub, and they're on their phones and they're looking at that product in front of them on on an online website, sometimes our website, because we do sell our products online as well. So, you know, the good news is, is we're accountable to that customer now. You know, they can see what kind of deals they're getting. You know, the hope for us is they're going to choose to support their local community uh, and obviously choose to give us an opportunity to sell to them and give us an opportunity to service them in a different way that the online store wouldn't. What do you mean by accountable, Peter? Is it the idea that you want to be showing as much as possible the honesty behind the price and, and what's included and all the rest? And that's exactly it. You know, like our, our, a lot of our products are brand names. Some of them are not. Some of them are our own products. So, you know, but you can find comparables online. But, you know, the bottom line is when you have a when you have a name of a, a grill that's sitting in front of you and it's available at, you know, 40 online retailers, including our online store and in our store, people get to look online and see, you know, is your price the same? Is it higher? What does that include? What doesn't include? Everything's very transparent now. And, you know, we've made a conscious effort and we have staff that are on hand monthly that we go through our online store as well to make sure that we are the most competitive that we can be. We do not want to lose a sale to somebody like that for that reason. And Phil, you mentioned the service aspect of it, that people you hope that people will come in and buy and support from your local business uh, because you can offer something that simply can't, you really can offer something that can't be offered online, and that is that personal touch. You know what, and that's exactly it. You know, aside from the personal touch and the and the knowledge that you're going to gain from someone that's in this industry and that's professional in whatever industry it is, whether it's our furniture store or barbecue store, you know, in the end, we can deliver a box to your door for free. But uh, just like the other uh, online retailers can, and we will offer that service if, if need be. The bottom line is we also want to assemble that and we want to take care of it. And if you have a problem, we want to be able to solve it. And, and you know, we want to save on costs of having stuff shipped back across countries to, to different uh, warehouses and stuff like that. As you guys know, Amazon was almost, you know, where they were considering coming here and obviously didn't. And, you know, that's a lot of employees that uh, you take away from a, from a brick and mortar, traditionally uh, local store. So, you know, we, we're trying to cut down on that stuff through service and obviously making our customers want to shop with us. So Phil, if, has anybody ever come up to you and said, hey, I like this grill, but I'm looking at this website and it's a lot cheaper here. Will you match it? You know, a, a perfect example is last year we had a bunch of uh, products that got discontinued. And, uh, you know, 
they, they we had that happen to us and and the best thing in the world the customer is like standing there saying you know i, I feel bad you know i'm looking at this product it's online and i want to buy it from you and i said you know what i feel bad i'm sorry and thank you very much for giving us the opportunity because you know that's your job as a consumer to make sure you are getting the best deal for your dollar and we we can appreciate that now there has to be that fine line of you know what you're getting is service that you can't get somewhere else and yeah maybe there is an uptick for that but in some cases people don't want that and and they can just pick up a box and and take it home and do it themselves but in the end you know we appreciate the customer giving us the opportunity um we, we don't want to be beat by anybody and we want to service that customer and we want to gain them for a long time so uh you know it, it was funny we were both apologizing to each other so yes it has happened it doesn't happen a lot but when it does we take care of it the websites are luxbbq.ca and luxfurniture.ca. Lux Furniture Company, Winnipeg, and Lux Barbecue Company. Phil Squarey, the man behind these great businesses. Thank you so much for joining us, Phil. Always a pleasure to talk to you, man. Thank you, guys. We could talk about etiquette at the barbecue next time. Etiquette at the barbecue. Oof. Oh, my God. I, I didn't know there was such a thing. <laughs> as long as it's still hot dogs are amazing, I'm fine. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Okay. Thanks, Phil. He's piqued my curiosity on that barbecue etiquette. Maybe it's like you can't have certain meats touching other meats or sauce et- sauce etiquette. Or maybe like you're the guy who comes up and stands by the person who's cooking Ooh, the food. that's and it. Like, hey, so when's the bur- How much longer? Yeah. Did you think you should flip that? <laughs> Oof, I think that steak is, I mean, heesh. Yeah. I think that you just let the juice out. Or in my case, you know your barbecue's on fire, right? <laughs> If you missed Global News at 8 o'clock with Jeff Braun, Clay Young did a report on Black Friday. He's next door at CF Polo Park. And this is just vintage Clay Young from start to finish. It sounds like he was supposed to be the lead story right out of the shoot, but I guess he didn't quite make it, so this happened. Hi, Jeff. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. I'm sorry I didn't get to, to you right away. Uh, I had to <laughs> tell you a true story. Shopper came up and asked me, thought I worked here at the mall and asked me where a particular retail outlet was. Were you and helpful? I said, well, I said, you know, I don't know. It's a big mall, but uh, I can show you where the info desk is. And I guess by that, while I was having that conversation, you were bringing me on. Yes, I'm working with Global and OB, and now I guess I'm working here at Polo Park. Hey, hi, ladies. Hi. Just wondering. It's, it's Black Friday. Black Friday. Come on. Come on. Oh, what time did you get up? I got up at 5.30. And were you here right at 7 when the stores opened? No, I was here at 6.45 so I could get in line. What did you buy? I bought a couple sweaters, socks, jeans for my boyfriend. Okay, and a boy, oh, look what else you bought here. You got a Victoria's Secrets bag. Yeah. Okay, we won't go into that. Uh, uh, the big crowds don't bother you? Sorry? Big crowds don't bother you? No. <laughs> no? Not at all? Mm. Okay, well, you guys go on a shopping spree and enjoy yourself. You. Reporting, <laughs> reporting, this is a wild hit here. Reporting from uh, Polo Park, Play Young Global News. All right, Clay, just uh, take a few minutes to relax. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, you get over there. The energy's up. you got lots of people walking around, and Clay will talk to anyone. More interesting with Clay, anyone will talk to him. Yeah, 
Yeah, he's got that uh, just approachable smile. Yeah, he just I, he, he in our first hit with him. What time was that? Six forty-five. He just yelled, "Hey, hey, you! What are you here for?" This guy just starts talking away. Yeah, I'm here for a Hudson's Bay comforter, thirty percent <laughs> off. Uh, yeah, Clay, I, I wish I had that ability. Whenever I get sent into the field for stuff, I am the worst at talking to people. I just I I I don't know. I feel like I'm invading their their space, their time. They're like I'm in, in some sort of an interloper. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's it's not an easy thing to do and it's certainly not a skill everybody has so he's great at it so here's a text message at 204-780-6868 about a christmas party mishap at the company christmas party at the fort gary grand ballroom i fell from the top of the mini balcony on the far side of the room i fell from the top of those stairs to the bottom in front of about 500 co-workers wine bottle in hand survived that was about a flight and a half of stairs 20 years ago. And those stairs, by the way, are visually open to the entire room. Oh, boy. That is straight out of a movie. Yeah, that is just like a... I kind of wonder if an applause went up, though. Like, if he just bounced up at the end and the wine bottle was still all intact, part of you would be like, hey! Yeah. Like, well done. Well, you should be able to applaud that. I remember once I was at a, a friend's place. It was in the middle of winter, and we went out in the back deck to have a smoke, and I had a drink in one hand, and I was, I was getting ready to light a cigarette. And I, I like, did the, the Home Alone thing where, you, where he slips off the stairs, where his foot goes out, mm-hmm. and I went completely upside down. But I managed to grab onto the deck rail, so I was, like, 45 degrees. My feet landed, and I was 45 degrees sort of hand to the ground and in my other hand was still my drink. Mm. I don't know how that happened. Uh, another text message at 204-780-6868. As someone who does not drink, my sister will always ask for ginger ale or 7-Up to be poured into a wine glass to stop people from saying things like, hey, you want a drink or why aren't you drinking? That's so true. We talked about that back when we did that alcohol series back in the spring and about our love affair with alcohol and the idea that it shows you how... It- how much we it's part of our culture if someone isn't drinking and you feel the need to say, well, why? Or, as opposed to just leaving them alone. Like yeah. I, we, I remember being pregnant and wasn't telling people yet and went to the wine festival with friends and didn't have a glass but put wine in my glass and then handed it to a friend who knew or my, or my husband just to be like, you drink this because I don't want to. I don't want to put up with the people asking me why I'm not drinking, and then going to the oh, are you pregnant or is it this? None of your business. I just don't feel like it. Yeah, it's okay to not drink. That employer employee's probably being pretty smart too, you know, Let's, to avoid the alcohol. One more text from LJ. Oh, I don't know about this one. Oh, I'm reading oh, it. Okay, <clears throat> a few years back, a very large, very nice Christmas party at the Fort Gary Hotel. Two people got fired for having sex on the counter in the ladies' washroom. Oh, boy. Whoops. Not whoops. Come on, man. All right. What are you thinking? They got fired, hey? Well, they were thinking with uh, not their brains, that's for sure. Oh, boy. Right now, Loren, we're going to the exchange. Yeah, that's where 67 shop and restaurant owners have said basically enough is enough when it comes to some of the changes that have been made to the streets in the exchange. So they've signed a petition, these 67 business owners, with a message directed right at City Hall. They're saying the construction of new bike lanes, the removal of some loading zones in some spots, or the addition of loading zones in other areas, as well as increased parking rates, have lowered sales at some businesses by as much as 30%. Abi Khan is the owner of Shwarmakan on McDermott. It's not, it's not the bike lanes. We love the bike lanes. We want to be very clear that everyone in that petition, 99% of them said, we love the bike lanes. We are proactively and pro-bike lanes. What we are not pro for is the design, implementation, and rollout 
without any real consultation of business and how the bike lanes were executed. What was the plan? What is the vision? Or did you just throw bike lanes down? That's why in our petition, the very first one says a total moratorium of all one-off interventions. Stop doing piecemeal. Stop putting in a loading zone here. Stop putting in a light here or backed in parking here. What is the whole vision for the exchange? So that petition signed by 67 business owners, including Khan, who you just heard there, they're asking for that moratorium on any future changes to the exchange saying that they need more consultation. And they also want to lower the parking rates back to what they were in 2017. Right now, they said about three fifty per hour for that on-street parking. So Vivian Santos is the city councillor for the Point Douglas area, which covers the exchange, and she's in studio with us now. Good morning, Vivian. Good morning. So do they have a point here? Have we failed business owners in the exchange when it comes to doing that proper consultation? Um, no, I, I don't think we've failed. That's the correct uh, correct statement. I think... We're all trying to make the exchange vibrant, you know, uh, a place for everybody to go go into. And um, I think a lot has happened over the last uh, two years uh, that could have impacted some of the businesses. Do you agree with that? Or what do you think of their call for a moratorium for these one-off projects? Um, I'm going to respect uh, the businesses and the residences in that area. Um, I hear them loud and clear, and uh, it's not an unknown issue to me. Um, They have been working with my office and with the mayor's office as well with some of these issues already. And so now they've come out a little bit more in a a public setting, and I totally respect that. And uh, I want to continue to work with them and basically gain their trust back, right? I think that's, that's really key and have a really good communication with them. Do you feel like they've lost faith then in City Hall and their politicians and leaders? I think so. You can obviously, you can hear from them and the petition as well. Um, I think in maybe a couple of years ago, even though 67 signatures were in favor of having bike lanes and, and back, in angled pike, uh, back in angled parking, um, but the rollout, like Aubrey had mentioned, um, I guess the way the consultation was done uh, was not met their expectations and so this is the aftermath that we're dealing with. Uh, one of the things that I have found since the bike lanes went in, and again, I'm I'm all for bike lanes and what have you mm-hmm. because I, I don't ride a bike because I'm a scaredy cat because mm-hmm. it just is, feels unsafe for me. So I like the idea of getting more bike lanes. But driving around the exchange is a pain now. Uh, trying to find a parking spot can be a pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the point where if I know I'm going to the exchange district, I will likely take a cab or a mm-hmm. bus. Is that the, the idea? Is that the goal, to get more cars out? Um, you know what, that's a good question. I think you're right. I think I think the the idea is to to kind of lower our you know we have a climate change action plan that's going forward. I think we want to beef up our transit system. Um, I believe a lot of our residents who live there don't own vehicles, um, but we still need to be cognizant and mindset for all modes of transportation. And so we're trying to jam pack, you know, pedestrians, cyclists, and vehicles into that area. And it's very hard to do that when um, you have everything in there and it looks like a mishmash of everything. So I agree with them. I think a big, bigger plan does need to be set for the exchange district and the downtown as a whole. Um, I think, um, I don't know if they'd be open up to more consultation on that or if they're just expecting us as leaders to just go ahead and 
do a vision and do a plan. Um, maybe more on that point, I know the Our Winnipeg document is coming forward next year with its um, next 25 years, and I know there is a downtown document in there. Um, so on that point, I'm, I'll be reaching out to the department to see where things are at with that. Can you appreciate their concern in terms of the idea that it might feel like it's moving towards one of those closed street areas or more of a pedestrian walking area as opposed to even allowing cars at all? You said that they have a point, but do you, is that actually a vision at City Hall or is it more like maybe some of the streets might end up being that way someday or do we even know? So my vision for the exchange and the downtown is to make it a livable, walkable a vibrant exchange where it's literally 24-7 activity, right? Festivals, lights, and just very, very vibrant. Um, so whatever that is and how do we get there um, is going to be, you know, um, um, it's going to take some time to get there. I, I mean, we're I don't think we're nowhere near that. I have a lot of people telling me it needs to be more vibrant, I have a lot of people telling me they need more lights. So there's just, we just got to continue to keep walking down this path together. And I hope that I can really work with the businesses and residences to see that vision. To get there, you need people. Yeah. And, and and I, same with Brett, I get the bike lanes. I appreciate that. I think the active transportation needs to be there. You need to have better transit period so people use that as opposed to. Correct. To, to, so, we, so we don't have that car culture. But at the end of the day, you still have a lot of people in their cars. And there's another concern that that's been expressed by businesses that parking rates might go up even further. Do we know that? Is that on the table? Is that happening? Or or can you safely say 350 is it for now? 350 is it for now. Um, as far as I know, in this budget uh, that we're doing, there has not been a suggestion to raise the parking rates in the downtown or exchange. Uh, right now, what's being discussed, and I believe that's what the exchange want, is a rollback, I think, to reduce it back to 20, uh, 2017 rates. Uh, there's also been fooling around the idea of actually having on-street paid parking citywide, right? So why are we, and I kind of agree with that a little bit, um, why are we punishing or why is the downtown exchange special? You know, I think at the beginning it was meant to do a turnaround of people so they, they're not parked there all day long. So they had a rotation of people and that was the concept um, I think with the 50 cent increase, if I remember correctly, was to deal with the 50-50 cutback on the funding for from the province for transit. And so, you know, why did we choose that location? Maybe Would you we- agree with a rollback to 2017? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we should really look at a citywide on-street paid parking for all of the other areas that are very um, they have similar cultures like Corden, like Osborne, like Academy. You know, um, if we look at Selkirk Avenue, they have paid parking as well. And they and they, they have the same issues as well as the exchange. They have people parking there all the time, but they do need the their turnover. And so let's have that discussion. This is a really good time. We're in a multi-year budget. We should really have that discussion with Winnipeggers. Vivian Santos is the city council for the Point Douglas area, joining us live on 680 CJOB. The Point Douglas area covers the exchange district. Vivian, thank you very much for visiting us. We thank appreciate you. this. No problem. So many bomber memories were created this past week with the Great Cup and then the parade and the rally. I mean, God, it, just, it was so much fun seeing all the guys up there, like Andrew Harris with his, you got my back. 
You Tossing the cup, having fun. Matt Nichols couldn't stop smiling. Like it was, I brought my kids to the parade because I, I think that's how you create the next generation of fans. And I don't just mean fans of the Bombers. I mean fans of Winnipeg and Manitoba. And it really did all that. And one man who is now a huge fan of Winnipeg, and Winnipeg is a fan, a huge fan of him, is the man who, who I think won, if it was a contest on who won the social media shenanigans, it was Chris Strebler, quarterback with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Chris Strebler, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. How's it going? Thanks for having me on. Well, thanks for joining us today, because we are very curious to know, where the hell did you find that coat? <laughs> Um, well, my girlfriend's mom actually had it. It just started as a conversation. We were just joking around maybe like two months ago. And I was like, you know what? If we win the gray cup, I need a fur coat. I'm wearing a fur coat. And she was like, done. And she found it. <laughs> and so here we were. So I've had that planned out for a while now. Well, I heard Probably you, at, I heard you I say that you planned it out. And I was like, he doesn't actually mean he's got his party outfit planned, but you really were very serious about that. Yes, I was I was serious. Like I don't know why I planned it out. We were just kidding around one day, but yeah, it came to fruition and, and here we are. Have you seen <laughs> have you seen all of the various memes and whatnot? People are taking pictures of themselves in fur coats and and uh like this has become sort of a, like a definitive Winnipeg look. I I haven't seen all of it because my social media has just been exploding, but I did see there was a consignment shop that had like a, like a mannequin sitting out front. It was like, come buy the Straveler, 33% off for Bombers fans. Comes with a free beer. And it was like the exact look that I was wearing. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, that's a shop called Redeemed on Academy. We had shared that picture as well to our Instagram yesterday. And I laughed so hard when I saw that. And your parade outfit, honestly, dude, is probably going to be the biggest Halloween costume in Winnipeg next year. That's, that's honestly unreal for me to even think about. That doesn't make sense to me, but that's awesome. <laughs> and when you say that, is it more just because of the idea of the pop, not the popularity of the outfit, Chris, but I think there's something about your personality. Like we really needed that win. We wanted that win for all sorts of reasons. But then to see the joy of, of you and your teammates, I think made a big difference for everyone. It wasn't just this, oh yeah, great. We won the cup. I mean, you're really reveling in the moment and that's awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, you work so hard all season to do that. You know, I feel like it's only right that you should, you should celebrate it. And I mean, it means so much to the people here that they want to celebrate it too. So it just makes us want to celebrate more. And I mean, everyone was just being themselves. I mean, that's just, that's the, you know, on the back of that float, that was all, that was all our quarterback groups. And then that was just, that's who we are. We just love to have fun. We love being with each other. And when you celebrate a win like that, it's, it's extremely fun. So I was saying I took my kids to the parade. I saw you pass at Portage, Maine, and I think there was maybe six or seven people on the truck. And by the time you got to the Forks, I feel like there was 40 people on that truck. Like how many, yeah. by the end, how many of you were, <laughs> were on there? Well, it was crazy because like, yeah, like I said, at first it was just our quarterback group. And then all of a sudden I see like, five or six guys that were just like walking in the crowd. I'm like, guys, get up here. What are you doing? Come on. And then it was like a couple more like Lucky's like hanging off a semi truck. I'm like, Lucky, what, what's going on? Like just kept grabbing people and pulling them up. So yeah, the bed was filled by the end of it. It was, it was wild. So are you going to the, well, before I ask you that question, how many, how many beers did you end up drinking during that parade? Because we saw you stone cold Steve Austining a number of brewskis. I, I have no idea, but we were just chanting, like, need beer immediately, and people were just th- tr- throwing us beers, and we were just slamming them and chucking them back in the crowd. Like, I have I lost count. I lost count, to be honest with you. It was, it was crazy. And are, are you going to the social tonight? <laughs> oh, yeah. I am going to be at the social, and everyone else should come, too, because it's going to be super, super fun. <laughs> so you're at the social tonight? What about the, there's a family event tomorrow? Are you and some of your teammates there as well, or? 
I'm not sure who else is going, but I told our PR guy that I want to go too. So I think I'm going to try to be there as well. Hopefully I'm recovering from tonight. I was going to say, maybe it depends on how tonight goes. How many hours of sleep do you think you've been getting in the last five days? Uh, not as much as I should be. Let's just say that. I could get more. <laughs> well, we they, no one would fault you for that, man. I mean, it was a well-earned victory. But I do have to ask you, because uh, I would be remiss if, I, remiss if I didn't ask you, but you're a free agent now. Are you coming back? I want to come back. I, I've told everyone I really want to be back. I mean, you never know how, how things play out, but I mean, I think everyone probably knows at this point how much I love Winnipeg, how much I love the Bombers, so I would absolutely love to be back. I hope it, I hope it happens, but you know, sometimes a lot of that stuff kind of out of your control, but I sure do love Winnipeg, that's for sure. <laughs> well, you talked about your social media blowing up. You were trending across the country. Uh, did you have fa- friends or family in the States reach out and be like, uh, dude, I just saw you on a float uh, in the yeah. States. And, and were they surprised even about the outreach of that? Yeah, I think like, I think there was like a news station in South Dakota that picked me up. I've had people from Chicago that are hitting me up. Like they're just like, it looks like you're having a blast. Like you, you guys deserve to celebrate. And so everyone kind of understands and they're, they're getting a good kick out of it too. So it's been just wild this, this last couple of days. It's been unbelievable. How much longer are you in Winnipeg? So I was planning to leave on Sunday, but I think I'm going to try to stay for the Jets game on Tuesday, and then I think I'm going to leave on Wednesday. So I think I'll be here through the through the rest of the weekend and into next week. And remind us, where do you call home? Um, well, I don't know. I'm going to be living in Denver this off season, just with a couple of buddies from uh, from college. They got an extra room in their house, so I'm just crashing with them and doing a little cross country tour to go visit all my family and friends after after I finally leave here. So I'm really looking forward to both those things. It's going to be great. Now, Chris, uh, we, on Wednesday, we replayed some of the very first interview that Greg and I did, Mackling and McGarry. We did that back on May 8th, 2018, just days after you'd signed with the club. And I remember Greg and I did research that morning because we, you know, we had not heard of you. Uh, yeah. But when we watched your highlights, we were just blown away. And uh, like the, the the stats were so impressive that you just had all these records and it was the team's first winning winning record, I believe. And we thought, yeah. this guy's going to end up doing something special. And we've been your among your earliest cheerleaders. Uh, so, so we've been so happy to see how successful you've been with the team and how well the city has embraced you. Like you really are. We, we were joking today that you're the, the KOT, the king of town, but at this point uh, you probably really are the king of town right now. Well, well, thank you so much. I appreciate that support. And I mean, just thinking, thinking back to, you know, May 8th, 2018, like how little I knew about Winnipeg, how little everyone knew about me. And then to look, you know, where we are now, Grey Cup champions and, you know, the social media frenzy and, you know, the, the bond that I have with people on that team. It's just unbelievable to think that there could be that much growth and, and everything in two years, how much I could, you know, fall in love with the city and fall in love with the team. So it's just been an unbelievable ride. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't think it's over yet. So I'm, I'm, uh, I, I love it here, man. And I, I wouldn't trade it for anything, that's for sure. I have to ask, and I know you get asked this all the time, you also took a lot of hits. You were banged up and kept going back out on the field Sunday. Is there anything that's long-term injury, or is it just kind of a one-off? Uh, no, no, nothing long-term. I, I, need a, I need to take a, you know, a bit of time off here and let my body rest. But you know, at this point, you know, who doesn't? So uh, you know, I, I've been dealing with some stuff, and everyone's been dealing with some stuff, but it's nothing new. And I'll tell you what, you know, winning that Grey Cup sure does make everything feel a whole lot better, that's for sure. Are you allowed to take it anywhere? I saw pictures of you on social media, I think Pan Am Clinic. Like, are you just, like, is this just a sign-out sheet for the cup and you just bring it wherever you want to go? Um, 
so it's it's not a sign out sheet. We've kind of been having our, our PR guy, uh, Darren Cameron's kind of been escorting it around. So we've taken it to various spots. I think uh, a couple nights ago they had it at Joey Tennyson. Last night we were at Brazen Hall and that was unbelievable. They were we had an amazing time. They were taking care of us. We were you know it was it was unbelievable. So those guys were great. I don't know. I'm sure it's going to be at the social tonight. So it's been making its way around town and. Uh, it's pretty cool to see the reception that it gets everywhere we go. And also, Chris, I ha- have to ask you, when it comes to playing through injuries, like you were so banged up and you, you'd limp off the, the field and then you just get back out there like like a bulldozer. How do pro athletes like yourself just say, okay, right now it doesn't hurt? Uh, I think, well, it definitely hurts, but you know, I think it's just a matter of like, you know, I, I said it in a couple of interviews, but I'll say it again because I think it's worth saying. It's just, you know, when we went to the playoffs, Osh kind of stood in front of the team and said, if you, if you have anything more to give, now's the time to give it. So a lot of guys went in with the mindset like, hey, he's right. We're so close to accomplishing our goal. Like, if you can physically be out there, if you can walk, like, let's be out there. Let's do it. Because, like I mentioned earlier, there's, there's a lot of love in that locker room for each other, and guys don't want to let the person next to them down. They want to be out there. So, I think that's just what it is. Like, man, you're you're hurting. Everyone's hurting. Like, let's just keep going out there till you physically can't be out there anymore. So um, that's just kind of what that is. I feel like. All right. Well, Chris Drevler, we congratulate you and your entire team and the, the entire organization, and thank you for doing what you guys have done for the city. Because yeah, it's a it's you can say it's just a game, but this has meant so much to this city and this province. So thank you. Well, well, we're so thankful for the people of this province. And, you know, I, I don't think I even really fully understood how much it meant to them till the parade until this week. So I'm just as thankful for those people as, as they are for what we've done. So it's been it's been outstanding. And while we're at it, thank your girlfriend's mom for that coat. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I definitely have. It's got some rips in it, too. I need to get it repaired. So if anyone has a good coat repair shop, please message me or something. <laughs> All right, Chris. Well, hey, have fun at the social today, tonight. And if we see you tomorrow, Loren and I are going to come harass you because we'll need to, to get a picture with you. Perfect. Uh, Let's do it. I'll see everyone at the social tonight. It's going to be a great time. All right. Chris Drevler joining us live on 680 CJOB. Forgot to play this at the start, so let's play it now. We're great Cup champions, baby. That's all there is. That's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. That's facts. Facts. I love that. I, someone just texted in, new nickname, Chris the Reveler Streveler. Oh, I like because that. Because he was reveling in the moment, and I think that's great. Yeah, yeah, we... Uh... The Reveler. What did Greg? Greg and I also called him the Mighty Thor. The Thor, yeah. Because he looks like Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. But he looks more mighty. He certainly proved himself more mighty the way he played. And uh, yeah, just we we just saw some footage on global TV of the Bombers. Willie Jefferson with the championship belt. Tony got the belt back. I by was going to ask. Okay, Tony got the belt back. Good. Yeah, he got El the belt Tony back. Tones. Yeah, because I reached out to Willie Jefferson on Instagram and said, "Hey." Uh, Tony is hoping to get the belt back. Have you been able to contact him yet? And he said, no, I haven't. So I set them up and they connected and they got the, the they, he got the belt back after the parade. So yeah, I wish I could have made it to the parade. I really do. Oh, it's so funny. He talked about there being all that people on the truck at the end. And it's true. I, I finally looked at the truck that had Streveler and Nichols. And I was like, those can't all be part of the quarterback team. Like, I don't know enough to know. And I was like, I bet you some of those are just random guys they brought up and sure enough confirmed. Random Dudes. Hey, thanks for listening to the Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think. 
And hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on CJOB. Talk soon.